You know, it's so easy for us as Christians to say, okay, let me pay the mortgage and let me pay the electric bill. Let me make sure there's food on the table and you pay all these bills. And then you kind of say, okay, I got a little bit left. Here you go, God. What type of faith is that? It's no faith. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Welcome back to In Grace on this Monday, November 27th. I hope that your Thanksgiving was great, and I hope that as you begin the week here in the last week of November and the first few days of December, that we can continue the thankful theme, not just around Thanksgiving, but all year long. I also know that you're probably starting to think about Christmas, and that's usually what happens as we just get past one major holiday. We go right into another one, and I hope that you'll use every opportunity this year to share the gospel, the real message of Christmas with many people this holiday season. Today, we're going to talk about the seed. And as you know, on Friday and at our weekend edition of In Grace, we featured a very special episode where I became a farmer for a day. And I was there for the planting. I was there for the harvesting. And I really love the experience of being able to watch a farmer, watch their family, see the faith that they have to have. Because as a farmer, you're relying on God for, for so many things. And today we're going to talk about the seed and how important it is that we believe in the seed. And this really will impact our lives when it comes to giving. And I, growing up from a young child, was taught to give, to be a tither. Now, I've heard some people say, well, Pastor Scudder, I don't believe in tithing. Tithing was an Old Testament principle for the Jewish people, and it's not for the church age. Now, some people have that opinion. I don't. I, I think it, it does apply to us today. But here's what I say. I say, first of all, tithing was happening way before Moses and the law. So that's one. Number two, I'm not going to let an Old Testament saint outgive me in the New Testament era, the church era. So I believe in giving. I believe in the seed. And I believe, I'm not talking about prosperity gospel and these, these uh, phony preachers say, if you'll give us, you know, $100, that God will make that, you know, $10,000. Well, if they believe that, they would just take the last offering they took and multiply it like that. They, they don't really believe it. They use what is called prosperity gospel. It's a theology that's not biblical on giving. But I'm talking about God will multiply, not, not money, although he may, but he, he gives us so much back. The power of what's in that seed, and that's what I learned on our farming episode, was the power of that little seed. That little seed would become so many more, but we have to plant it. We have to give it. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and today we'll be in Deuteronomy chapter 26 and Joshua chapter 6, and I think this will be a very, very good uh, program for you to learn a little bit more about faith, and about giving and the possibility that's within that little 
seed, that little um, thing that we do for God and how that can grow uh, so great for him. At the end of the program, I'm going to tell you more about our new series called Exodus Found and how you can get this entire four-part video series. And it is so awesome to be able to travel in the footsteps of those that God released from Egypt and brought to the promised land, crossing the Red Sea. And I can't wait to tell you more about some great resources that we have for you. There was once a uh, couple brothers, and they were both farmers. One brother was named Del. He was the younger brother. And then there was another farmer brother whose name was Don. Don was older, and as usual, the older brother was wiser. Is that true in your family? Maybe, maybe not. They both had families of their own. And in the fall, they both had 10 barrels of grain. 10 barrels of grain would get them and their family through the winter. Well, Dell, who was a farmer and they lived in a, a dale, they said, you know what, we're just going to have the most wonderful winter. We're going to feast. We're going to live it up. We're just going to have a, a great time. And they did. They were living large and lavishly, and they really enjoyed that winter, and it was great for them. But the wiser brother, Don, decided that his family was going to set one barrel aside, and although they, they were going to have a tough time getting through the winter, they would have to maybe not wear the latest fashions, maybe they... They, they're going to keep a nice, clean, tidy house, but it's not going to be as nice of a house or as nice of a neighborhood as they could have lived during that winter. And, and they had a, a tough winter. They had to sacrifice, and, and they, they had to not have as much as maybe they could have had. But they also made it through the winter. They survived the winter. As a matter of fact, when you look at both of the families... Dell's family had a wonderful time indulging, but Don's family had a harder winter, but they actually seemed closer because they had come together as a family unit and made it through a time, everyone pitching in, everyone helping out, and it actually strengthened their family and, and a little tighter as a family. Well, of course, you probably realize that Don had that extra barrel of seed and he planted that seed and they continued to have a, a, a great life and flourish. But Dell, who wasn't as wise, they had consumed all that they had and at the end of the day, the farmer and the Dell didn't even have a piece of cheese. But old MacDonald had a farm and a horse and a cow and a pig and a, a happy wife and, and, and great children. And, and, and although they had to sacrifice a little bit that actually brought them closer together, they, they had a long and prosperous life because they believed in the seed. They believed that it was better to live on nine than 10 because they had something to move forward in the next years. And although 
It's not a true story. It could be. Because there are a lot of Christians that don't believe in the seed. Now, I am not here preaching a prosperity gospel. I actually am against prosperity gospel preachers. Usually they're on television and they're telling you, send in your seed gift so they can buy their $500 million jet. I don't believe in $500 million jets. I believe in $100 million jets are just fine. <laughs> now, believe me, believe me. I fly, I fly on $100 million jets, but it's Delta or United or American, so it's not, not as expensive. But I do believe in a principle of planting a seed. I do, I, I do believe in a principle that, that if we are wise as Christians, we're going to see that it's, it's, it's great to give to God a tenth of what he has given us. I mean, it's all God's, right? And, and let's, say, let's say you have a farm, and let's say you have uh, the seed, and you have a tractor, and, and the fuel, and you have a combine in the fall. You have all of that, and you plant the seed, and you fertilize it, and you, you, you tend it, and it grows, and you, you pick it, you harvest it. Even at the end of the day, who grew that? Who produced that seed? Who, who made everything, right? So all of it is God's. So as Christians, we're just learning how to live a sacrificial life for a greater good. And I'm going to equate today the seed as our good works. Now, we don't believe that our good works have anything to do with our salvation, but we do believe our good works are a very important part of our life because of our salvation, okay? So we're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna talk about the harvest. We're gonna talk about first fruits, which is a, a biblical concept that we find in, in Deuteronomy. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 26, and we're gonna read a few verses here. In Deuteronomy 26, verse nine, it says, and he hath brought us into this place. So this is Moses speaking to the children of Israel. They were going to go into the land. They were going to possess it. It had been promised. They had left slavery. That whole story is pretty amazing, too, because they were just a small people. Abraham, uh, his family, Isaac, his family, Jacob, his family. And then uh, a crazy circumstances led to one of the sons of Jacob, who we now call Israel, uh, be sold into slavery into Egypt. And then from that, he gained favor and saved not only his family, they moved to Egypt, but also the whole world from a famine. And uh, he had a lot of esteem in the eyes of the Pharaoh and in the eyes of the Egyptians. And they prospered. They were given a land called Goshen. And they grew into a mighty people. It's estimated to be one or two million people by the time a new Pharaoh didn't know Joseph and started to uh, put them into slavery lest they take over Egypt. And so God, in the great miracles of Moses and Aaron, released them from slavery. And that's kind of what I picture salvation is. We're, we're enslaved to sin. We sin. We're born in sin. Uh, I feel like people that don't know Christ as Savior, they, they can't help but to sin. That's all they can do. But we've been freed from that in a miraculous way. When, when Israel went through the Red Sea, it was like they were being born. And the enemy came and tried to capture them, and the sea closed in on them and destroyed the most powerful army in the world. They were saved. They were safe. 
And now they, they are going to go into the promised land. Of course, it took them an extra 40 years because they weren't uh, always believing. They were complaining and all sorts of crazy things happened. And Moses didn't actually get to go in, but they were going into the promised land and God had told Moses that he's brought us into this place and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land. So there's that word. This is what we're talking about in this sermon series, talking about the harvest and bringing the first of the harvest, whether it be literal fruit or grain, to the Lord as an offering which thou, O Lord, hast given me. And thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. Thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee and unto thine house, thou and the Levite and the stranger that is among you. So we have this principle of the first fruit. For people in the Bible, the harvest was an extremely significant time, an important time, a time of rejoicing. Because if they didn't have the harvest, they didn't have anything. These were hardworking farmers, most of them. And if you've been to Israel, one of the things that I noticed, I don't know about you, but I noticed how rocky the soil is in Israel. I mean, it would not be the place that you want to go and buy farmland. <laughs> but that's where God put them, and a lot of the, you know, the, the rocks would be piled in, in rows and leave you know, the, the good dirt, or they terrace the land, but still very interesting soil to work. But they worked hard. Can you, can you even imagine what that would have been like without machinery? I mean, you're doing everything by animal or by hand, everything. It would have been a very tough life. And after all that work and all that labor, the harvest was such a wonderful, just marvelous time. They were reaping literally what they sowed. Embark on a journey to explore the inspiring story of the Exodus within grace. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. This map depicts the route of the Israelites during their escape from Egypt. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and our brand new video series, Exodus Found where Jim Scudder Jr. retraces the exodus in Egypt and Saudi Arabia, diving into the Red Sea to uncover evidence of the miraculous crossing. For those giving $250 or more, you will get the complete exodus package, the map, the video series, and a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. And from now until the end of the year, a generous donor will be doubling all gifts. To get these limited-time exclusive materials, call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. As Israel was coming into the land, the first city that they came to that was occupied by the Canaanites was Jericho. And you know the story. They crossed the swollen Jordan River in the springtime and God held up that water and they came across and they encamped at Gilgal and then God told them what to do. That they march around the city once 
for six days, and on the seventh day, seven times. And then at the last time, they would blow the trumpet and shout, and the Bible said that God had promised the walls to fall flat. And we know that's what happened. And I've been there, and archaeologists have studied it, and they said the walls fell down. If you are invading a city, you're going to push the walls in. But in, in this situation, the walls were mud brick, and they fell down, forming a ramp all around the city, and they went up into the city. But God had said this in Joshua 6, 18, and ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing. What is the accursed thing? This is the Hebrew word harem. We, we understand that in the context of a king has a harem, and you don't touch his harem, right? Well, this is the accursed thing. This is, God said, the first two cities are mine. Okay, I'm going to give you this land. You're going to live in houses you didn't build. You're going to be harvesting fields you didn't plant. But the first two cities are mine. You know what God is establishing? First fruits. You know, it's so easy for us as Christians to say, okay, let me pay the mortgage and let me pay the electric bill. Let me make sure I, I make sure there's food on the table and you pay all these bills. And then you kind of say, okay, I got a little bit left. Here you go, God. What, what type of faith is that? It's no faith. And you probably don't have anything left to give God, do you? Especially with our inflation. Okay? God has a principle that I think, th this isn't just about giving, but this is across the board in our life of giving him our first and our best. Okay? Now, Israel giving Jericho to God is a huge step of faith, right? Because remember, Jericho had just harvested their grain. Uh, they had plenty of food for a long siege, okay? And you know what they found at Jericho? They found full, huge jars full of grain. And it had, it had been burnt, because God says, I want you to take it. I want you to destroy it. They were allowed to take, look, look at, back at the verse, uh, don't touch the accursed thing lest you make yourself a curse when you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So basically God says, you go and you can take the gold and silver and the, a few other items, but it's, it's for the tabernacle. Everything else, the clothing, the grain, whatever else you see, you don't touch it, you don't take it, you burn it. I asked an archaeologist as we were filming there on In Grace, and I said, how, how common is it as, as you guys are digging up a city that has been destroyed, and lots of cities have been destroyed, and they find burnt, burnt uh, evidence on these cities? I said, how, how common is it to find full jars of grain? He said, never. Why? Because when you conquer a city, you're going to take the plunder. This was pre-money. They didn't have coins. They didn't have money. So that was money. That was a commodity. You take it. You don't leave it. But God said you leave it. Now, of course, there was one that disobeyed. His name was Achan, and he was Achan. Uh, that's a whole other story for another day. But and the, the sad thing is, if we don't listen to what God says, our lives won't be what they could be. Okay? They won't be what they could be. But this is a principle. God says, listen, I want you to leave the first two cities. They're mine, 
Everything else, you, you can have all of the rest. First fruits. There's no guarantee of more, right? They had Jericho. They had it in their hands. How do we know we're going to win the next one? How, we, how do we know we're going to win the next one? We've got this. Why don't we take this? Why would we destroy it? Why would we burn it? Because God wanted to teach them a principle. Does God need it? Does God need the jars of grain? Does God need the gold and the silver? He made it. He doesn't need it. It's about you. It's about you believing in the seed and saying, I believe in giving to the Lord before the, har- before the rest of the harvest. I mean, okay, let's say, let's say they would have given the first of the harvest to the Lord in the offering. Then the next day, a big hailstorm came through, and that could have very easily happened, or a big windstorm flattened it all, destroyed it all. Now they have nothing. They've given to God the first part, and the rest has been destroyed. That's faith, though. Faith is saying, I believe that God has something better than if I were to keep this for myself. And God is going to take care of me. And God is going to make sure that, that my needs are met. And he can and he does. Does God care about you? He cares about a bird. He cares about a sparrow. How much more does he care for you? Okay, so this is a principle. It's called the principle of first fruits. How does the principle, the Old Testament principle of first fruits apply to us today as New Testament Christians, okay? And we we do live in a different dispensation, a different age. Salvation has always been the same. It's always faith that the Lord would provide a Savior. We had faith that, that the Lord did provide a Savior, Jesus. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, serving the Lord, okay, with our lives, How does that principle apply to us because we don't live in the Old Testament? We don't live in the day of bringing sacrifices to a temple or a tabernacle. We don't live in a day where we we slaughter a sheep. Nobody brought a lamb to church today. So we live in a different day, but let me be clear. Salvation is by grace through faith. Okay, We're not talking about earning salvation by giving. Okay? How do we know that that's a free gift? Well, it says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. And not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. If you look at all religion, all religion, even so-called Christianity, are people trying to earn nirvana, paradise, heaven by good works. Good works will not save you because it's a gift of God. It's not of, look at verse 9, works. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We're going to hear part two of this message, Believe in the Seed, tomorrow on our Tuesday edition of In Grace. Remember, salvation isn't about you giving to God. It is about him giving you eternal life and you just receive it by faith. Again, we'll talk more about that tomorrow. As I said at the beginning of the program, I'm going to share with you a great resource that will really enhance your faith. Now, we already believe that God parted the Red Sea, but let me take you to the actual place where I think it happened. In a new video series that we call Exodus Found, my brother-in-law and I travel through Egypt and Saudi Arabia, and I think we found the actual crossing point of the Red Sea. We actually go scuba diving in the Red Sea looking for artifacts, and we go to Saudi Arabia, and we discover incredible things like the real Mount Sinai. Now, you can get this entire four part 
full-length video series, Exodus Found, when you give a gift of $35 or more to InGrace. When you give that gift, we're going to send you as a thank you, Exodus Found video series and the map, Exodus Found. Now, if you'd like just the map, that's absolutely free. You don't have to give us anything. Just call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com. The map, I think, will give you a lot of information visually, but you really want to see the entire series Exodus Found. Again, that's for a gift of $35 or more. And right now, every gift will be doubled in our matching gift challenge. We also have a beautiful canvas print of the parting of the Red Sea. It is gorgeous. It was done by one of our staff artists. You'll want this for a gift of $250 or more. You get the canvas, you get the video series, and you get the map. Contact us today. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and the video series Exodus Found. For gifts of $250 or more, you will also receive a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. Also, a generous donor is matching all gifts until the new year. Call 800-78-GRACE. Visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9. Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.